to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. I'm Jen Justice. And man, we have a treat for you today. In studio, we have the CEO of Quantum Consulting, a local company here, a franchisee of Sandler International, Rick Burgess. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, man, this is a treat because what we're going to do for our listeners today, and I, I, I so appreciate you uh, just saying you'll do this, is, is we're going to talk about here at the beginning of the year, we're going to talk about goal setting, and we're going to talk about the importance of goal setting, and maybe even give you some tips and tricks. Uh, but before we get to that, before we get to the meat that everybody's looking for, uh, let's talk a little bit about quantum consulting and what you do. And then maybe Jen and I will, will kind of chime in and, and talk about our business relationship with you. Great, great. Thank you for that. Um, quantum consulting is, uh, a, is guidance and resources for individuals, teams, and companies. What kind of guidance and resources usually the ones that involve other people. So we do a lot of sales training. We do a lot of uh, leadership uh, training, management training, executive leadership, team coaching, and strategic planning, and those sort of things. Uh, really, the commonality is that they're small and mid-sized businesses usually tend to $250 million in annual revenue, typically. Uh, the other thing that they have in common, not necessarily industry-specific, but... They're all, they all have lofty goals and desires. So what that means to us is if it's a $10 million uh, business, for instance, they really see themselves as a $100 million business, and they need some guidance and some wherewithal to be able to get themselves there. We've done it with some companies over time, so we can usually help people do it more uh, with more efficiency, a little quicker, less headaches. System and process. <laughs> well, Correct. and uh, and so... Uh, Jen and I have been involved. Jen has been involved with this type of uh, Many moons. training and coaching <laughs> for a long time. I'm, I myself am really kind of getting into my second year, I would say. And uh, you mentioned one thing that at first I thought was going to be a detriment, but as it turns out, it's been a huge help for me, which is not industry specific. Um, yeah. And and there are times, uh, particularly when we talk about real estate, that we kind of have to frame for the group how it's a little bit different. Right. But but everybody does. And I didn't think that as much uh, there would be as much carryover uh, between industries as I have found there to be. So that that actually, if you're thinking, oh well, if they're not talking about my nuts and bolts industry, they don't know what they're talking about. That's not the case. So uh, just just kind of my personal take now. Uh, Jen, Jen and I, right, uh, through the brokerage, we uh, uh, partner with Quantum Consulting uh, for a couple of major things. Uh, not only our own uh, training, but uh, we're involved in um, uh, uh, leadership and management uh, training, which has been very helpful, uh, uh, allowed us to make some really good decisions. We use, well, what, uh, Jen, what else we got? We've got uh, we've got vetting of potential. all kinds of things. So one of my favorite tools that I originally jumped into is the disc profiling and the driving forces. And so anytime uh, somebody contacts us, says they want to become a part of the brokerage, we ask Quantum Consulting to do a uh, disc profile, driving values. And then I think there's some other things there that Rick can chime in. I don't remember sure. all the names. My brain is just <laughs> yeah. you know Rick's the, Rick's the expert, right? 
I just get the value from the tools and it empowers us to ask questions, to develop, you know, hey, we're a win-win for one another, uh, you know, goal setting, uh, management training, you mentioned, um, well, mastery. And, yeah. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> well, sales training, right? Sales mastery. That's mastery. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no question that at this stage of the game, we look at you guys as a uh, growth partner as we're uh, anticipating growing our brokerage in 2024 and probably beyond. Um, and uh, those tools that 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 vetting, I call it, of potential candidates uh, really allows us to find um, uh, agents who are um, uh, I was going to use the term as simple as like-minded, but let's call it right. Cult- Not even that. Culturally accurate, right? Culturally mm-hmm. appropriate for uh, how we approach the business, and um, you know, uh, matching our core values. And uh, we've really learned uh, through the process how to, you know, ask the right questions and and drive in to get you know intentions and see what the behaviors are, et cetera, et cetera. So what I love about the piece is whether they're. Uh, going to come to work with us or not, they have learned something valuable about themselves that they probably didn't know. And it's kind of like planting a seed and hopefully they choose to water that seed, whether they water it with us or they water it elsewhere. There is a seed that has been planted of knowledge and education and something that they probably never thought about before. And that's just a beautiful thing lifelong. And that's one of the biggest things, you know, we talked about sales and business and all of this stuff. But if I'm honest, Sandler has helped me in my personal life and with my family and my daughter and my husband and all the things just as much as it's helped me in sales. And that's really where I find the balance and the value in all of this. And it's, a, it's just so much bigger picture than I can honestly put into words. So you haven't had to say much, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really appreciate hearing both of you say those things. Uh, I tracked with a lot of it. Um, you know, Sandler has certainly been a part of my life professionally, but I wasn't always an owner of a Sandler business, right? Uh, I was a Sandler client starting in 1999, so I felt a lot of what you were saying. Uh, you know, it, if you let it, you know, which I let it, it'll change you, it'll change your family, it'll change your money, it'll it'll change everything. Uh, I mean, you have to do the work, but, but it is like a lot of things that are very – uh, steeped in best best practices that uh, you know if you engage in it and 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 you do the work uh, it'll work for you. So steeped, uh, steep, steep it yeah. in my best practices. Like tea, like tea, yeah. steep in it. Absolutely. I know. How how Love often? It. So uh, this will come as no shock to people who know me, um, but uh, I am. Um, uh, some people call me skeptical. I was uh, going to say, are you going to say the skeptic? I, I, I've been talking I, to I, Eric about I, I, this I call guy. myself. I am glad we are sitting down for uh, this conversation. I, 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 I might have just, just fallen over. <laughs> Riveting, isn't it? Hey, I, I call it re- reasonably uh, um, uh, realistic. So. For as skeptical as he is, I'm curious, do you know there's a magazine called The Skeptic? Yes. Oh, he didn't know. Eric I'm didn't know fan. that was. No, yeah. You are? Oh, my doctor, yeah. my uh, old school doctor takes the skeptic because he's saying, oh, you know, and he used to tell my dad, you know, Dave, I'm really skeptical of that. And he goes, David, I know you take the skeptic. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up this magazine, probably yeah. become a subscriber. I There's know. such thing as a productive skeptic, right? We do it with our clients a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, let's you know, hope I'm yeah. one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. For and, sure. Uh, but how, how often, 
do you run into people that, um, and I would assume that, you know, you would run into them when you're having conversations about them engaging you, th- that are like, oh, it's a it's a sales system, it's a blah, right. blah. Right. Yeah. How do you, how often do you run into them and how do you deal with that? All the time. I think everybody that, in, that thinks of, in terms of uh, growing themselves or their team or their company, you know, they've been exposed to quick hit things like seminars and nothing's wrong with that stuff. They've all read books, you know, heck, I, you know, I was counting up the books that, that, that I personally read over the last year. And, you know, this is the first time I'd gotten over like 34, 35, something that I, that I, that I counted up. Um, yeah. Cough, a lot clap. Of, a lot of freaking reading, right? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it wasn't like I, I, I set that out as a goal, but but I think everybody uh, has that somewhere inside of them that growth, change, and develop gene, and we're just, we're an avenue avenue for them to 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 exercise it, uh, you know, and we do it in a lot of different ways with our clients, but. Um, yeah, all the time we get, oh, this, you know, I don't like that part of it or, you know, this part of it doesn't work or I did Sandler, you know, 10 years ago and by did Sandler, you know, maybe they saw somebody speak for, you know, an hour on the subject or something of that regard, right? I and think so, Steve worked on me for three years. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it happens. It totally happens. I um, don't need that. I'm awesome. <laughs> it's like anything that you, you might utilize to uh, help you succeed uh, the teacher appears when the student's ready, right? Uh, you know, Eric, I know that you've had some, you know, competitive background uh, athletically that, 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 you, that you have done. And there were probably some tactics and tools and techniques that you knew about even before you started engaging in them. But you, you, you started really engaging them and using them at the point you were ready to have them, Right. And I think our clients end up being that way with Sandler, right? We're ready for it now. You're ready to, you're, you know, you're the right people to help us on that journey. And, you know, timing is a, is a lot of it for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. I certainly had been exposed to uh, Sandler long before I started engaging. That's it. No. And, and then, um, uh, yeah, I'm still skeptical of some things. Right? Sure, but you I should mean, be. Yeah, you and I have those conversations, you know, a lot, and uh, they're they're constructive, mm-hmm. right? That's the important thing, right? Yeah, is, is you keep it constructive. So yeah, um, so let's talk about because uh, you know I kind of told everybody, hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you some some stuff to talk about goal setting. So revolution topic, yeah, 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 um, and and of course the first of the year is a time when a lot of people are like, okay, in 2024, right? There's the you know the the Sort of the trite, you know, New Year's resolution. I like to call those New Year's revolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it is a natural break in calendar, and you know we have holidays and celebrations. We have new, you know, company goals and corporate goals, and then hopefully you've said, okay, what is twenty twenty four or whatever this year is uh, going to do for me personally? Maybe my family, maybe you know mm-hmm. my health, whatever it is. Um, so it's a pretty great time to sit down and talk about, you know, the importance of establishing goals. Now, uh, I'll let the skeptic in me come out a little bit great. so that you can uh, you can kind of uh, <laughs> uh, go past that, right? Because uh, I spent, you know, well over 20 years in corporate America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it was it, 
it, it was pretty common in a variety of things to get a, a first quarter, you know, strategic goal setting speech from a CEO, uh, whoever your um, uh, direct, re, you know, whoever you report to directly is somewhere near the end of the year, the beginning of the year, done a performance evaluation and set goals for your monetary achievement, et cetera, et cetera. And those can be well, to be honest, they can be quite quite silly and uh, not well thought out. And mm-hmm. ridiculous. so when you first mentioned goal setting to me, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> great. I get to have a list of seven things you want me to do. So, right, right. You know. So it's not that, though, is it? No, no. Actually, Sandler has a rule. If you aren't on your own plan, you, you will be on somebody else's, right? So, um, you know, and I heard a lot in what you said there, Eric. You know, in, in corporate America, what happens a lot of times is that, you know, it, you know, employees and team members within a corporate environment, they don't have written goals. And so there is a void there, right? And so how do we fill a void? Well, we just fill it for you. And so here are some goals for you. Well, we're, we're behind the eight ball just to begin with right there. Uh, first reason being is, you know, most everybody's, when they think about goal setting, they've been exposed to, you know, some anecdotal evidence, they've been exposed to some books, they've been exposed to some maybe some methodology on how to actually get goals accomplished. What's cited a lot, and this is kind of interesting, and you you had said, you know, to sprinkle in some tips and some tools uh, throughout this conversation, is there's a study that is uh, cited quite often about, uh, uh, usually they're, it, we're told it was late 60s and it was Harvard, and they uh, surveyed incoming freshmen, and they found out uh, how many of them had actually written goals on paper. And the way the story goes is that 10 per, about 10% of them had written goals on paper. And then, uh, the st- then, then what's, what you're told is that uh, researchers had then followed those, those incoming freshmen to see what happened in their career. And the data that came out of that was – uh, that those 10% had 90% more personal wealth than the others 20, uh, 20 years later. And so people use that and they cite that and they say, you know, this is why you need to, to write down goals. There's, only, there's kind of a problem with that, though, uh, in that – can we – can we go PG here? PG yeah, thirteen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once in a while we go R. R? I, we try okay. and stay away from okay. X. Stay away from R. The yeah. problem with <laughs> that, quote, study that is uh, pointed to all the time is it's bullshit. Like, there was never a study. If you look it up, you can't find it. You can't find the freshmen that were in the study. You can't find the researchers who conducted it. Um, so I think we've been told a lot of crap as it pertains to setting goals. And I think that gives us... Uh, some unsupported mindsets around it. What I can tell you about goals is there are a lot of su- studies that that um, that that actually back up uh, people feeling in control of their lives. Uh, one that I I can I can point you to, and I'm, I'm terrible at citing studies, so I'll speak in generalities. It was uh, Ivy League based. Uh, it was a study of a nursing home. And in the nursing home, what they did is they took half of the residents and they gave them a plant. And they said, here's your plant. Uh, we're going to come in every week and we're going to water it for you and we're going to totally take care of it, but enjoy your house plant. The other half, they, uh, they, they gave them the plant. They said, here's your house plant. Uh, you're going to be in charge of watering the plant and taking care of it and making sure that it gets sunlight and all of those things. And then they studied the residents themselves. Out of the surveys that they gave them, the, uh, 
the the group of residents that actually uh, took care of their own plant, right? They uh, they were marketably happy happier. They were a lot happier by a huge margin, right? Um, even things like the death rate, and, and you know, people are reaching the end of their lives in, sure. a, in a in a nursing home environment. Um, the 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 ones who didn't take care of their plants actually died sooner. <laughs> okay, from statistically, uh, and so I think that things like that, and there's 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 all kinds of studies around weight loss centers and all kinds of things uh, that would tell us that the more in control we believe we are, the more likely we are to achieve success as we define it. And that really becomes the bottom line. And so what we do with our, our clients, for instance, is, yeah, we want you to write down the goals. Um, and we want you to be really specific about them. And we want you to uh, make them measurable. And I think everybody's heard the word uh, smart goals before. Or not everybody, but a lot of people have, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound. And people say, yep, I need smart goals. Sure. Um, but the more that you can do that and the more you can write it down, a couple of activators come into play. One, your subconscious really comes into play. And what we know from, you know, clients that we've worked with, there are scientific studies on this, is that what the, what the mind uh, conceives of and what we write down and what we look at constantly, our mind, we start moving toward it, okay? We, we absolutely do. Uh, it's a concept called reticular activation. That's a weird word, but uh, um, but 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 we really activate our subconscious toward it. So that really is the first step. And so don't down don't goals, think of a red car. Yeah. Well, so everybody yeah. just thought of a red car. Yeah, that's the other thing you can't do to your subconscious. And you mentioned uh, New Year's resolutions uh, early on in this discussion. Yeah. People get behind the eight ball with New Year's resolutions because first thing that they do is they talk about in the future. Well, starting January 1, I'm going to do this, right? Well, the problem is your subconscious doesn't really know the future. It knows the present. That's what. It, that's all it knows. And so if you're setting New Year's resolutions, I'm not a huge fan, but if you are, uh, I would speak as if it's happening right now. That would be one of the things. So if you want to give up drinking, for instance, you know, I currently only drink uh, non-alcoholic beverages. And I'll tell you why I worded that weird, because you don't want to say I don't drink either because of what Jen just said. Uh, your subconscious doesn't know negatively connotated words. And that's why if, if, if Jen were to say, Eric, don't think of a dog, what are you going to think? Right. Right, dog. Right? So, Cat. Um, oh, just kidding. Yeah, you know. yeah well, <laughs> sort of. But yeah, I'm with you. So what's common is we give something up, right? Right. For, yeah. a, for a New Year's resolution. And some people say, well, I'm going to quit smoking. Okay? Uh, smoking's in there. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, I'm then, going to. You've, you've, yeah. you've already put yourself in the... It, you know, right, as opposed to uh, you could um, say something like "I only breathe clean air," yeah. right? Like that would be more activating to your subconscious. And then when somebody challenges you on it, and you get to say "I only breathe clean air," then yeah. you, then you get to sound snooty. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you could come up with something less snooty. Yeah, I don't know, no, but, but no, I mean, yeah, I, get I get it. I mean, yep. yeah, absolutely. That I don't drink alcohol, and if you're mm -hmm. repeating that mantra, either mentally, subconsciously, maybe you've got an affirmation, and mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. You're using the word alcohol every time you're doing it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. So yeah, no, that that's uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. The um, uh, by the way, just so you know, you got me. I, I had to write it down. I am going to go look up reticular activation <laughs> later on. Well, and if you Google that nursing home study, a lot of studies like that come up. Yeah. So there's a plethora of them out there. There's a lot of them that are similar. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, what happens, uh, and, and maybe this isn't because you've made a SMART goal, part of SMART, a achievable, mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of people are uh, reluctant to create measurable goals because it is a very distinct point of failure then. Yeah. And, and so how, how do we coach people past that? That's, you know, that's a challenge, Fail okay? Forward. <laughs> Fail forward. <laughs> We uh, we're very fortunate. We we get to spend a lot of time with high achieving individuals and teams and companies. That's just our our ball game, right? Well, but you have me too. So, <laughs> and I'm teasing. Particularly yeah. with high achievers, you know, if they don't, a lot of times if they don't get that goal, right, they do see it as a as a failure. Um, I would say in loose terms, one, you got to work on your self worth, self concept, self esteem, right, because there's a difference between failing in uh, your role, right, and being a failure. Like, at first, you have to actually be able to discern that. There has to be a hard line between. I-10. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think of baseball players, for instance. Really great baseball players. Oh, great example. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know, if you're a great hitter uh, in in Major League Baseball. The best George Brett ever did was 406 or something like that. Yeah, right, right. But he didn't do it over a lifetime, right? (laughs) Usually if somebody somebody gets a base hit three out of ten times and does it consistently over a decade, we're going to end up calling them a Hall of Famer, right? So that's someone's failing in their role seven out of ten times. Your role is to get ahead and get on base, right? So you're failing seven out of ten times. You have have to have the self-worth and the self-concept to understand that that doesn't make me a failure. It means I failed in that task in that moment. So I think that's first thing. I think in the second thing is why are we setting goals in the first place? If they are actually for the achievement of them, we might get grossly disappointed because what happens with high achievers, we set out, we set a goal, we achieve the goal, and then we say, oh, no time for press conferences, got to go set the next goal, right? And we haven't, we haven't generated what we thought the goal was going to produce, which is happiness and fulfillment, right? The happiness and fulfillment is that, is that, that journey along the way to the goal. Love and that. actually achieving the goal or achieving more than you ever did before and maybe coming up short of what you wrote down as a goal and looking back and saying, what happened, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I can look back in, with different clients and, and even myself, the, some of the best uh, performance was really around goals that were not necessarily achieved. You know, the actual written goal wasn't achieved, but all of the things that changed during that time, beliefs, results, uh, activities and behavior, right? Techniques learned, new strategies, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things happened. And if you lose sight of the the gain of that, and I use that, that, that term on purpose, uh, you know, uh, Benjamin Hardy and and uh, uh, Jen, we were just talking about Dan it. Sullivan. Dan Sullivan. They wrote a book together called uh, "The Gap and the Gain," right? And it and they're right. The 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 importance is is looking at that that progress that was made because of the goal that was set. That right? changed my weekend. Yeah. Just a couple of weekends ago. So most of the listeners know I do mounted shooting and it comes as no surprise that I'm hard on myself. And so <laughs> it's very difficult for me when I don't shoot clean an entire weekend, which by the way, there's not many people that do. It's super easy to miss one balloon in mounted shooting. So I'm listening to this on the way out there and I hear this gap in the game thing and I'm like, why am I not focusing on how far I've come 
and being great with that. Right. Like I'm going out there. I want to win a buckle. I have not won a buckle yet. My daughter has six or seven and I want to win a buckle like this is it. And I go out there and I blow it on the first stage. I -hmm. drop a balloon. And pretty much when you drop a balloon in a weekend, you're not going to get a buckle. You might. You might because there's an accumulation of points that work. For those who haven't listened before, a buckle is like a trophy. It's like being, yeah, it's, it's like, like placing. Yeah, but not everybody gets a trophy in mounted shooting. There's <laughs> they very don't have, there's, there's, there's they don't have participation buckles. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So literally, this happens to me. But it's right. like as I come back in, this gal goes. Man, Jen, you have gotten so much better since the last time I saw you. I haven't seen you since the last time your horse was rearing in this arena and basically almost threw me off. I mean, because my horse and I had a struggle for a hot minute and it was woo wee. And she was like, that was so awesome. And I just was like, this is exactly what that book was talking this about. This is a great example. Let's let's break this down. When did you start the... I'm going sh- into my third year. The third year. Your first year out of the gate... Give us what? What did you score then? I, I'm not familiar with sixties, uh, which is not 60s. even scored. Okay. I would have sixty seconds because I didn't know how what to a, ride yeah, the it's horse. Time, it's time based. Yeah, I didn't know okay, how to so ride the horse. Based. I didn't know how to do anything. 60s. So I get some. But I would. What, I, the, what 30, do the best in the field do? Oh, eight. Eight seconds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it I've depends on the pattern. Yeah. It depends yeah. on the pattern. Okay. But you know, but we'll say eight to eight to twelve. Eight to twelve. All right. So. You started at 60. It's three years later. Okay. What are your scores now? I've had some 10 second runs. Okay. And you're, and even when you miss, you're, you're not popping over 20 and when you th- or 25 very often. When you I, no, I even with the penalties, I'm, I'm yeah. typically, yeah, I'm I mean, a 4D rider. I'm a solid 40 rider now. And previous to that, Rick, I wouldn't even make it in the 40. I'm like at the bottom of the chart. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So think of, think of 10 second gen now. Like, yeah, you just got done 10 seconds, right? And now look back to 60 second gen. Whoops. Right? <laughs> now look back. How do you feel? You feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. Like, even from a 30 second run, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I've only watched a few of these, but there's a massive difference between a 60 and a 30 second run. And I think, oh, yeah. And, and I think what we're hearing here is, a, is another you know, example of how we need to, you know, there's a lot of how-to and goal setting, right? And, you know, there are some things that we can do to really set us ourselves up for failure, set ourselves up to be disappointed. Um, and so there's a lot involved with respect to very simple rules, but there, but there's a lot of them involved um, in making sure that your goal setting experience actually produces what you desire, right? And I think what you really desire it, are those feelings? a buckle? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen. Yeah, and fine. I've been so close. Yeah. I I got to the end of uh, NRS, which is this big to do in Texas, and I dropped a balloon on the last stage, and there went my buckle. But I lost it to an amazing older gentleman that probably does not have near as many uh, competitions left as I do. So it's like, man, if you're going to lose the buckle, well, but, but Wendell's the, the guy, right? He's the, just a stellar cowboy. The buckle's the symbol, though, right? Right. Sure. I mean, where you are now, where people are going, my God, you've improved. You know, that's yeah. that's the victory. Oh, yep. there is a lot of victory in that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, uh, I was going to bring up uh, if if any of our listeners are watching me on social media here, starting at the first of the year, right? My New Year's resolution is is I've been uh, sharing some of my workout stuff uh, while giving or trying to give good quality real estate tips. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure they are, and uh, um, 
this is a goal that uh, I started back in October. Uh, I've been amazingly consistent, um, mm-hmm. and I'm very proud of that. Uh, I've, I've taken off a bunch of weight, which I'm very proud of. Got a long way to go. Uh, but I'm really struggling with the, the measurable goal. I'm really struggling with because I, I don't have, uh, you know, the personal trainers I'm using. Right, uh, right. Who we've had uh, on the podcast. Uh, Micah and Diana. Micah and Diana Lissert uh, and Hitchfit. Um, I I don't aspire to look like Micah, although I find, you know, he's a, he's a great looking guy. <laughs> but that's not my goal. And But I, I have a, I'm having a hard time defining my goal. But thank goodness I'm still very, staying very consistent a, in the achievement process. Okay. All right, so let's try this. Well, let's do it live right now. Oh my God! Okay. Don't 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 uh, don't put too much of my dirty laundry out <laughs> so there. So if we can do it with fitness, we can do it with business. We could do it with yeah. Uh, that's fine. Go ahead. We could do it with commissions. If you're if you're commission salesperson out there or a, or a realtor that, that that lives off of commissions, you can do it with those. Like it, it really is the same process. So Eric, just fast forward for me. Sure. Okay. It's December thirty first, twenty twenty four. Okay. And you're looking back on 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 your fitness journey over over those twelve months, right? Right. What would you be? What would you? What would you have accomplished for you to say, "Wow, I've really, really knocked it out of the park here." So when I envision that, and I have a kind of a vision of that, okay. It, it, but my problem is it's not quantified. Uh, so right. it it has to do with. You know, uh, looking at myself in the mirror in in, okay. in in a situation where nobody else but my wife gets it. to I see, and it. and not seeing some things I see now. Okay, uh, and what so would I, that guy weigh? Do you think? I don't know. Okay. I, I Take honest a to wild God, guess. Come no, on. I honest to God don't know because at some point there's there's more than weight loss. There's going to be some muscle building, et cetera. Sure, but ballpark it. Uh, I don't. Would he weigh? Uh, under or over 250 pounds? Uh, under. Under Because I'm close to 250 now. Would so he pay under. over? Or, would he would he weigh over or under 225 pounds? I, probably under, but under I, I, I don't know, I know where. Okay. So let's just call it 225. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Well, okay. I, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to be there at 225. Oh, please. I you don't might. think I'm going to be where at I want to be. At your rolling stage of how okay. you're working out. Come on, okay, dude. Fine. No, 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 no. I think I'm going to make the number. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be finished in my head. Is, okay, oh, is it, okay, cool. Is a year realistic? Well, of course you can't be finished because you're, you know, it's not it's like. It's a journey. Can, yeah. It's not like you can stop at that point, Well, right? but you can go to a maintenance. Yeah, but you can't hit January 1st and say, hey, it's all it's all Krispy Kremes from here on out, right? Like, you can't do that. Burst my bubble, Rick. Go ahead. <laughs> Just burst my bubble. Me and Krispy Kreme, we had a date. No, uh, so when I started this, uh, I wanted it uh, to be on my uh, uh, my birthday coming up in November. So I've got that kind okay, of time awesome. frame in my awesome. head. Awesome. So you're staring at that guy. It's November. It. Let's say he weighs too 25 then because it's November, right? We can do maybe another 10 pounds in, in Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, okay. yeah, I think without – no, I, I think okay. I'll be at 225 long before November. Oh, long I just don't then. think I'm okay. going to be done. Okay. So it sounds like your goal really needs to be 215 for December. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> okay, but hang on a minute. Here's the thing is, is that the number that yeah. the scale tells me – I don't care what it says. It's, it's not my It's, it's not fine. my goal. The number's a guess, right? Okay. Okay. So, you know, what are we taking from this? The financial number. If you said, like, hey, I need to sell a million dollars worth of whatever this year, right? Well, more than a million, but what I'm you, in. Yeah. yeah. What, what's a, tell me a, a five million. strong real estate agent. Five million right is a good, solid agent. Five million doing dollar well. Book. Okay, yeah. good. 
Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, 5 million may not be the number of satisfaction. That is actually like, you know, that that's like get that's like having lightning strike. That's just one number, right? Right. But the importance of saying, what do you think it is, right? Well, I think it's 5 million. Great. Now let's create a plan that, that starts moving you towards 5 million. So how are we going to do that? All right. So this is the, this is really the magic. You set a one-year goal. Now you divide it in half, right? Where would you be? What would be happening? What would be measurable in six months for you to say, you know what? I'm halfway there. And you write that down. So you can't just write a goal for the year. That's really what I'm what I'm getting at. Because if you write a goal for the year, all you have is this arbitrary thing that is in the future, and you pass fail based on that one number that you put down, right? Right. Yeah. So now we got to back up and say, where would we be in six months? And then when we write that down, very specifically, very measurable, very attainable, very realistic, very time bound. Here's a couple of other tips. Let's go with smarter goals. Let's make them enjoyable and rewarding. Okay. So let's six months from now set some goals of what specifically would be happening for us to say we're halfway there to that one-year goal. Okay. Build in something that's enjoyable and rewarding for when I hit it. Okay. Here's a tip for those of you that are thinking about weight loss. Yeah. Your enjoyable and rewarding can't be a meal. It shouldn't be food. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. You can be. have a cheat day. Come on now. <laughs> if it if it's if, if it's like debt free lifestyle, it shouldn't be buy yourself a car on credit, <laughs> that's, right? That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's... It shouldn't be that. Exactly. Okay. So we're gonna divide that in half again though. Then we're gonna write down that goal at three months. Where will we be to, to say we're halfway to our six month goal? Now here's where the real power comes in, folks. Because now here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna go back to one month. So in 60 days, these are the things that I would be doing. And these were the things, and we have to be specific, right? This is why the measurables are important, right? Um, we'd have to say what would what what would I have to do in a month, right, to be a third of a way, right, to my three month goal? What would I have to do? And then we're gonna write down because we can all divide by four, right? And there's about four weeks to every month. We could say, what would I have to do weekly? Okay. And then here's the ultimate power. We can divide again and say every single day, I will have to move this far, right? To get six inches closer to my one-year goal. And, you know, if you're working with us, we're going to ask you to write out a 10-year vision for your yourself and your team and your company, right? And so every one of our clients knows this is the six inches I have to move every single day to get that much closer to the 10-year vision that I, that, I, that, I, that I gave myself. Now, it's not about what happens 10 years from now necessarily. It's about giving you a plan and a sense of control that you control that. Because here's what we know. 10 years is a long time. Your goals change. Your priorities change. Right. Your kids' ages. Yeah. New your age. New opportunities come into play. But here's what I can tell you, um, having coached, I, you know, we counted it up one time. I think I've coached about a thousand individuals in some type of sales, business development, or entrepreneurship. Um, the ones who actively, who actively follow, and what I shared with you is vision, goals, strategy, plan, and behavior. We call it VGSPB, okay? Yeah. You don't have to memorize that. There won't be a test. Um, but the ones who actively actively engage in that, 
their lives one year, five year, 10 years afterwards are so drastically changed according to them, way different than they ever thought was possible. And all it is, by it, it, when it gets right down to it, is feeling and believing like you were in ultimate control of that life, right? I think there's a couple of types of people in the world. Some think that they can actively build the life that they want, and still others think that, well, life's just a current, and I'm going to, f- you know, just kind of get in my, my, my little canoe and meander through the current, and I'm going to run into some good things, and I'm going to run into some bad things. I right? will tell you, too, the value in tracking the progress is really a strong piece of that because that's something I'm guilty of. Yeah. And without your help, I don't do that. And so I would have had... Uh, monumental progress either way, but I get pretty rutted and just, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. Right. And I don't take the opportunity to say, let me appreciate how far we've come yep. and reflect 10 years ago. That That's always a great exercise. 10 years back, mm-hmm. now 10 years future, especially quantifying it with my daughter's age now, that really helps me go, woo, or going back in your photos. That's another powerful one. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. acknowledging the goals that you have hit and then seeing where the vision is leading you because you're 100% right, it changes. Yeah, it totally changes. And And it's awesome. And that's part of the journey, which is another thing that – the further out goal setting wise I do and what I wrote at the top of my little five piece sheet we had this time was enjoy the journey. It's all about the journey. It's so hard to sometimes do that. Well, I I think a lot of people set goals to say, if I hit these goals, I will be happy. But it's fulfillment, not happiness. That's it. It's another, that's another piece. I just always learning. Yeah. Right. You know, when people say, what do you do? If I'm going to put it simple, Simply, I say we're in the here to there business, right? We're here right now, and we want to go there. Um, you know, I don't, you know, then people say, well, what's the secret to getting from here to there? And actually, there is one. Oh, all there right. is. There is. Um, and you'll probably be disappointed with <laughs> with the secret, but there is. The secret, you know, to getting from here to there is to be there now. No, that's true. And you know you have to you have to weigh that against what 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 your your mind will tell you. Well, when I get there, I will then right. And you hear it you hear it in, in companies all the time. Well, when they give me that promotion, I will then be really responsible, right? <laughs> or um, when I make more money, I will then give more you know to the community or whatever it happens to be the secret from getting from here to there is to be there now yep and so just to kind of break that down it's to be there mentally yes yeah right because pe- people might be hearing that going what do you mean be there now i yeah. didn't get the promotion right and, right. and i have a great right. story about but that you have to behave like someone who, who does get the promotion yeah yeah right my doctor yeah. that's the skeptic would tell me about this story in medical school where they had a person that had these warts all over their body at some condition and they brought them in and they hypnotized them and they touched with their finger the warts on half of their body and this is what they told them they were going to do. And through the course of his medical school in the next six months, they watched those warts disappear. And that is the power of the mind. And he he told me firsthand, Jen, 
I'm a huge skeptic. I never would have believed that your mind is that powerful, but I know it is because in my own healing, in my own autoimmune journey, I've had some real strong mental affirmations, all of these different things that I've done too. But I mean, that's just like you're talking about, Rick. It's the power of your mind. And this person was there now with thinking that their warts were treated when all they were is these these students watch this and then watch this transform. And it was just like, he always, yeah. he, he talked about that throughout his career, probably no less than three or four times to me, the story of that. So just, just super powerful. Well, we had this discussion even before we turned on the tape, right? Like um, the mind is so powerful that every study of every new drug has a what? They always have a placebo. They always oh, test yeah. it against yeah, the yeah. placebo, don't they? I'm like, why, which part? <laughs> why do they test it against the placebo? To know the progress, to know the results. It's because our mind is so powerful. If you tell me I'm going to give you this drug and it will lower your blood pressure, for a lot of people, many people, measurably a lot of people, their blood pressure is going to go down. Because they believe it. And it's yeah, so I powerful mean, that we have crazy. to have it in the study because we need to know if actually the drug is doing it or people's minds. Right. So the control That's group. Crazy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. I and love all of it's it. It's funny. I think I think about it frequently on the other side, the hypochondriac side, you know, yeah. how they get themselves worked up into having, you know, and then actually creating problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But, and yeah. there are other great things about writing down your goals. Um, you know, I was talking to a group yesterday. We we're having a training session with the leadership team. And the CEO said, you know, if I don't write these goals down, I know they're, they're somewhere in my head, right? And I just spent, and you know, we actually had a, uh, you were there and, and a couple of other people from your firm were there. Uh, we had a full day of goal setting, right? And we spent a whole day on it. CEO of this business was, was there. Um, and he said, I spent all day writing down my goals. And he said, I know where they are, but they're not right in front of me. He said, I can't tell you what I wrote down. Do you know why? Well, I walked in today and my bookkeeper told me she was leaving. And then, um, you know, I had another uh, situation with a client. And now I'm in this, you know, urgent fire putting out mode that I have completely lost what I strategically did yesterday. And he said, if I don't have it in front of me all the time, that will happen to me every single day. And Mm -hmm. I said, yep, you're exactly right. And so... You know, writing it down, having it in front of you, putting it all, you right? And not only, you know, sure, the subconscious stuff, the reticular activation, all that stuff. Some of that stuff can can sound kind of life coachy and woo-woo over some time. But <laughs> I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But if, if, if nothing, uh, if you can't take your mind to that place, well, take it to the place of I'm going to forget what I strategically decided about myself and my business unless it's right there in front of me. You know, and Do it's, it for that reason. It's not even right? in, in one day. If you're not yeah. – uh, so, for example, uh, Jen and I went through an exercise last year when we rebranded the brokerage uh, mm-hmm. about really establishing you know, what our core values were um, and then you know working with the team and et cetera, et cetera. And we came up with a set of core values and we spent a lot of time on it. And a week later, Jen's like, what are the core values? And I couldn't name them because I hadn't looked at them in a week. Right. Right? I'd you slept since it. then. You got it. Yeah. You got so, it. Yeah. yeah. We put them at the top of our agenda now. Yeah, it's on the it's Excellent. on it's on our meeting agendas. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I'm cetera, a big fan of that. They yeah. have to be, you so. know, front of mind for sure. 
All right. Well, Rick, I appreciate it. And I know the three of us could talk again for another hour and a half. This is really wonderful. But I suspect our listeners are very excited at this point. Almost to work, whatever it is that they do when they're listening to our podcast. That's right. But they're excited (laughs) to get your contact information to to see about quantum consulting. And uh, so how do they get You can always see us online at quantum.sandler.com. Okay. Quantum, uh, Q-U-A-N-T-U-M dot Sandler. S-A-N-D-L-E-R dot com. You could uh, reach out to me specifically. You know, if there's something that you heard in the in the conversation today and you think we might be able to help, happy to give you, you know, a document for how we, you know, set written goals. I'd be happy to do that for you. Um, you can reach me at rick.burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S, at sandler.com. You could do that too. All right. Excellent. All right, I've got a final question. We, we've we had to tailor it a little bit because it's not about real estate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, so for you, the question is, what is the craziest goal that you've heard mm. somebody set for themselves? Craziest goal when they were goal setting? Yeah, this is a cool question. Um, I probably don't get into a ton of crazy goals that are set. In, in fact, you know, we usually give our clients – uh, a mutual agreement that we're going to be we're not going to we're not going to dream kill them if they have a big goal right like we're going to be supportive of it we're going to figure out how we can help and so maybe they just don't look that crazy to me but there are a couple <laughs> that really stand out i had a client uh she had uh about a million dollar business she was one of those single um sole proprietor million dollar kind of people i've i've, I've even seen a book on this subject before she was real strong real high flyer um, and she had a consulting business, and she produced about a million bucks in consulting every year, which consulting, you That's know. That's a lot. I'm a consultant. I mean, you're selling air, right? <laughs> like, yeah. not a yeah. product. Not a, yeah, not a, a whole lot of inventory behind yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. So she was really strong. So she wanted to start a family. She said, I work a lot, okay? And my goal for this year is that I want to generate the same amount of revenue, and I only want to work 20 hours a week. And I thought, wow, let's get on board this one. Because she was working like 50, 60 hours a week, right? And same process, right? Yeah. Okay. We've got a goal, one-year goal, okay? we got to divide that in half. What are the six-month goals on that, right? What are the three-month goals on that? What are the one-month goals, right? We had, we had to come up with a plan, right? How much of that million dollars is going to come from where? And we only got 20 hours a week to get it done in. And then uh, – you know, we had to have new strategies. You know, she had to get better at some things, more effective at some things. She had to stop wasting time in some things, right? All of those things had to happen. We had to have new strategies. Um, and then we had to figure out what she had to do on a daily basis to move six inches closer to what her vision was, 20 hours a week, pulling in a million dollars in revenue, right? And so that one always stands out to me. I thought, wow, that's really cool. Because usually people come to me with more, right? I want, how do I get to, you know, I'm finding a million dollars now. How do I get to two, right? Right. And this was, no, nah, I want the million bucks. I just want to do it in less time. I thought that was pretty awesome. Pretty cool. And I'm working with a client right now, okay? He owns a business. He, uh, <laughs> we were just doing vision boards, you know, in our session the other day. And I don't know, that's a whole other topic. We'll get to vision boards. But, um, he had a helicopter on his vision board. And I'm like, what's that about? He goes, you know, when I was a kid, and I thought, well, that businessman, he's really got it going on, right? 
it was always somebody that had a helicopter. He goes, so that's what I want. I want a helicopter. And he goes, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, I buy the helicopter. I just, I'm going to ride in one weekly. And I'm like, all right, helicopter, let's do it. Because to him, that was the buckle, right? If I get the helicopter, that's like having a buckle. Right, yeah. Right? So we're working on a helicopter buckle, I guess. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> and he's a client now, so yeah. I, I, I don't know who we're talking about. I'm, and they may not be in the sessions I'm I'll in. I'll introduce you to them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. Well, Rick, I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate it. Uh, and, of course, you know we appreciate you uh, being a partner in our business as well. Um, uh, I would think that most of our listeners have probably gotten some pretty constructive things out of today's session. So hope so. I, I hope you really enjoyed it. And that's another great episode of Get Real KC. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters.